first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Hi! Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Kyla, from Boston, Massachusetts. Today we will be talking about Pinocchio, The Woman King, Gutsy, Ivy and Bean, and Cars on the Road. First, we'll be reviewing Pinocchio with Heather. Hi, Heather. Hi, Kyla. How are you? Great. How are you? Good. So what are your overall thoughts on this film? I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. This isn't a story that I've really liked since I was a kid. So to see it told in this live action animation kind of crossover was really great. I really loved it. I enjoyed it. I thought the comedy was spot on. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it sounds amazing. So what is the storyline of this film? So it's about this man, Geppetto, who had lost his son. So he creates a wooden puppet and he wishes on a star to make the puppet real. And the star becomes a fairy and she grants him the wish, but the puppet is still a puppet. And he just tries to become a real boy. So Pinocchio has to go through all these trials and figure out what it means to be a real boy. Yeah, that's a very kind of like relatable um, storyline. Yeah. So similarly, can you tell us a little bit about the main characters in Pinocchio and how you can like most relate to them? Oh, I mean, I feel like figuring out your emotions is a really big deal. Um, Finding out who you are, how you react to certain circumstances and situations, how you get to know who your friends are and who really loves you and who's just trying to use you. Pinocchio goes through a hard time figuring out who his friends are. A lot of people just use him and lie to him. And he goes through a journey of learning that your friends will always care about who you are, not what you are. Yeah, definitely. So what do you think is the primary theme or message of this film? Because you were just talking about like learning who you are and being able to cope with people not like treating you right. Oh, there's a lot. There would be those two. But then there's also that it doesn't matter what you're made of. It's what you have inside. I mean, Pinocchio, the whole movie, people are telling him like, oh, you're just made out of pine. You're a puppet and you're not real. And it really hurts him. And it's him learning that his emotions, his love for his family, for his friends is what matters, not what he's made of or what he looks like. Yeah, that's definitely an important message. And it may be conveyed in a way that's kind of like a fantasy because like it's a puppet, but it's really important in real life. Yeah, it's, it's very relatable. So have you seen the original animated Pinocchio? I think you said you did. Um, and if so, how does this version compare in your opinion? Oh, yeah. I mean, I grew up with Pinocchio. I mean, it wasn't like a story that I really cared about up until like this new live action retelling of it, because I've always had like fragments here and there of the storyline, but it wasn't like a connecting storyline like that I remember to be like, oh, like, oh, I feel like watching Pinocchio. It was never like that. But this movie, it really does compare. I mean, the acting is amazing. Uh, Tom Hanks is so good as Geppetto. And just seeing the characters being like real life, I feel like it's because it's a modern retelling. It's a lot more fun. Uh, the comedy is just a lot smarter, a lot quicker. So that makes it more enjoyable. And I feel like it's, it's a better up-to-date version for any family.
Definitely. I'm glad that the new version um, is just as good, if not like better kind of a representation as of the original, because it's, I think sometimes the remake is not as good. And in this case, I think it seems like it's lives up to the expectations. Yeah, it does. I mean, it hurts because like I watched this movie before it came out. So I was like really hoping to see what everybody else would think of. But then I saw like after the movie came out, like people were just not enjoying it as much as I did. And I was like, oh, like it was really sad because I enjoyed it. I thought that it was a good, honest retelling. I thought that the animation and the CGI was really cool. So, yeah, I mean, everybody has their own opinions. Yeah. (laughs) So you were kind of going saying that this movie was amazing. But were there any aspects of the film that didn't quite meet your expectations? Um, I mean, I I don't really think so. I feel like it really all tied in together. It was a nice balance of comedy with drama with family love. It was it was a really good balance of everything. I think that's why the movie came out as strong as it did. Yeah, those balances of everything are definitely important, like you're mentioning. Yeah. So what is your age recommendation and star rating? So I would give it um, five to 12 plus adults because it's a family film. And I would give it five out of five stars. And where and when can we watch Pinocchio? Because I am excited to watch this. Well, it already came out on Disney Plus, so you're in luck. (laughs) I'm definitely going to check it out. Thank you. Of course. Thank you for having me. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Pinocchio, The Women King, Gutsy, Ivy and Bean, and Cars on the Road. Right now, we're switching over to review The Women King with Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Hi. So what is the story of The Woman King? So The Woman King is the remarkable story of an all-female unit of warriors who protected the African kingdom of Dahomey in the 1800s. They were very talented and they, what they did even better than some of the male warriors or all of the male warriors, in fact. Uh, So it follows like the uh, emotionally epic journey of General Naniska, uh, who is played by Viola Davis. And she trains the next generation of uh, warriors and readies them for battle against the enemy. Wow, that sounds like a really kind of film dedicated to uh, talking about like women's rights and showing that like women can do every anything. For sure, for sure, definitely. So what is your favorite part about this film? Honestly, the fact that it shows so much female empowerment and how, you know, how it, it's just a beautifully made movie. Honestly, everything about it was really great. Um, honestly. The costumes were really, really cool, and the sets and locations were very beautiful. And I feel like, honestly, the combat skills, they looked all very realistic. Honestly, the whole movie was my favorite. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing when there's, like, no aspect that doesn't quite meet your expectations. And just, like, everything is just, like, a perfect balance. Yeah, Yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. So how do you think the acting is in this film? It's it's absolutely incredible. I mean, honestly, you see all these famous people that you know, but then you're you almost don't recognize them because like it's like, oh, this is not who like they're usually playing, or maybe someone like 
I don't know. They, they were just so convincing. Like, honestly, it was absolutely incredible. The acting was spot on for sure. Yeah, even if uh, sometimes the film um, has an amazing storyline and everything, but the acting doesn't quite reach the expectations. But when the acting kind of goes above the expectations, it's kind of like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. So do you have a favorite setting? Because you were mentioning all the different um, sets that they filmed in front of. Yeah, so honestly, I think that their village, specifically like the palace that they had, Um, and Dahomey was, it was so beautiful and it was really unique. Like I hadn't really seen anything like it before, but it was so beautiful and I don't really know how to explain it, but it was very earthy, but it, it was just, it was a very nice balance. Um, their village was also a lot of fun. It had a lot of color. It had a lot of, uh, you know, like, like color in the, like they were making dresses and they were like just lots of little pop-up shops shops it was like a like a little marketplace I guess it was it was just a really pretty um village yeah it sounds like it really added a lot to the film Mm -hmm, for sure so what is the central theme of the woman king I would say the central theme is you know female empowerment as I've said um women can do anything um honestly if uh things are like there are definitely things that are worth fighting for Uh, like fight to protect your people, but also do what's right. It has, there's like uh, the enslaved, there are enslaved people in this film and it's like a huge trade, of course, because it's in the 1800s. And, you know, they talk about that. And I think it, like they recognize uh, some of the characters, I guess, recognize that it's like morally wrong and that it it needed to stop. Uh, So honestly, it, it just has a lot of very powerful themes. Yeah, that does sound like a film packed with amazing and empowering themes. Yeah. So what age recommendation and star rating would you give The Woman King? Now, I would definitely say probably 14 to 18 plus adults because it's gory. It's like not that gory. Well, I guess it's, it's violent. Uh, there's, you know, there's death and there's blood. Um, there's some like language. There's also like partial nudity. Um, it's like war. So I would definitely say not even 12, just like 14, probably. Um, yeah. Yeah. And what about your star rating? Star rating five out of five stars. Absolutely love this. Yeah. It sounded like from your review, we're going to say that, but just wanted to check. (laughs) So where and when can we watch the woman King? So it is in theaters on September 16th, 2022. Great. I'm definitely going to go check it out. Thanks for talking with me. Of course. It's great to talk to you. Let's take a break. I'm Kyla from Boston, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.com. 
kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Kyla from Boston, and you are listening to Kids First Kami Attractions. Today we're talking about Pinocchio, The Woman King, Gutsy, Ivy and Bean, and Cars on the Road. Next up, we'll be switching over to review Gutsy with Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Hi. So what is Gutsy about? So Gutsy follows a former first lady, Hillary Clinton, and her daughter, Chelsea Clinton, as they meet Gutsy Woman and try to answer the question of what it means to be gutsy. They share the very interesting and inspiring stories of very admirable women in eight episodes. Oh, so it's a TV show. It is a TV show. Sorry, I should have clarified. (laughs) Um, So what do you strongly like or dislike about Gutsy? I really liked how it's very empowering for women, uh, kind of like Women King, but different in the same way. Uh, It highlights, you know, household heroes, but... Also some unrecognized heroes. I loved how I got to know all of like the subjects. Um, You know, I'd I'd known a couple of them, but I didn't know them that well. I didn't really know their beliefs or anything like that. So I I loved that I got to know a bunch of people, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing when films are able to kind of highlight the actions of people who don't really get noticed um, for their actions, but their actions do make an impact. Yes. So what do you, uh, why do you think people should watch Gutsy? I think they should watch it because it's a very inspiring show and it'll, you know, it'll help you maybe if you're going through a hard time, it'll help you go through that. Uh, If you, you know, if you're needing some inspiration, it'll definitely help you with that. Uh, Honestly, it's just a very great show um to you know bring you up um there are some mature topics and it's like it can be sad uh at some points but overall it'll empower you I guess yeah definitely so what were your expectations going into the tv show and how did the reality compare honestly I didn't really know what to expect uh I was just expecting her to talk to a bunch of people um I didn't know that there you know there were themes for each episode like you know, like, uh, there was like a comedy theme one. There was, um, you know, like, uh, well, there were just a bunch of episodes with different themes. So I guess I wasn't expecting that. Uh, honestly, I think it compared to what I thought it would be. Um, I did enjoy it. I think a bit more than I thought I would. It was really interesting to watch. I didn't get to watch all the episodes, but I do think, um, yeah, I really liked it. Uh, I think that the reality, I guess, was that it was, There were so many people uh, that she talked to, and I think it was, she she did very well, I guess. They were very good hosts. Yeah, it's nice when you're even just a little bit pleasantly surprised. Yeah. 
So what is the main message that this TV show conveys and how do you think that the message can be applied to real life and individual people who are listening to this life? Yeah, so I think the main messages are, you know, be gutsy um, and don't let your hard times define you. Uh, I think it can be applied by, you know, uh, as I was mentioning earlier, like going, don't let your, don't let something bad that happened to you be you. You're a survivor, not a victim, you know, or I guess you are a victim, but you are a survivor. Uh, so honestly like that, uh, but also even the little things, you can be gutsier, you can, you know, speak up or, uh, you know, seek what you want, uh, get justice for something that happened. Honestly, it's, there are lots of ways to apply it. Yeah, those are all definitely like uplifting scenes that everyone should kind of think about when they're going about their day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. So do you have a favorite episode or moment from the series? Okay, I think my favorite episode was probably Gutsy Women uh, Seek Justice, um, but also uh, Gutsy Women Have Rebel Hearts. Um, you know, honestly, I liked uh, most of the episodes that I watched. Uh, I would say because I got to learn like a lot of stuff about people um, in all of those. I don't want to like spoil too many of the episodes or anything. It's not exactly spoiling, but you know, I want you to figure out what they're talking about on your own. Uh, I'd say, I guess my favorite part. Yeah, honestly, I just liked when I really liked when they were talking to people that like I knew, like Megan Thee Stallion or like Amy Schumer or Kim Kardashian uh, lots of people that I knew, but I didn't know like that deeply, I guess. So I think those were probably my favorite parts. Yeah, definitely. So do you have like, um, a character, I guess, person that you could most relate to, or that you just felt like the most empowerment from, uh, watching their episode? Uh, you know, honestly, they were all so inspiring. It's hard to pick one. Uh, but I think that, uh, there wasn't one that I related to technically, I guess, since, you know, they're all like, they're successful women with careers or, you know, mothers or things like that. So I can't exactly relate to them in that way, but I guess at some points we have like similar viewpoints. So it's just really great to see how it aligns, I guess. I don't say, I wouldn't say I have someone who I specifically relate to, uh, because these women have also been through a lot. Uh, but honestly, I think listening to them all was great. And I think I could relate to them all in some way. Yeah, it definitely sounds like all the characters are relatable and that like them being relatable can kind of help, um, like gear the the TV show towards like all women so that they kind of have something to believe in. Yeah. So what age recommendation and star rating do you give Gutsy? I give Gutsy four out of five stars and I recommend it for ages 12 to 18. Plus adults, there is some profanity and a couple mature topics are discussed. And where and when can we watch Gutsy? Because this sounds like a very empowering TV show that I need in my life. (laughs) Okay, yeah. So you can watch it on Apple TV Plus on September 9th. So it's already out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm definitely going to go check that out. Thank you. Of course. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Pinocchio, The Woman King, Gutsy, 
Ivy and Bean and Cars on the Road. Right now, we're switching over to review Ivy and Bean with Micah. Hi, Micah. Hi, how are you? Great, how are you? I'm doing great. So, what are your overall feelings on Ivy and Bean? Well, um, most people know that Ivy and Bean, this movie, is based off the book series. So, I kind of had this expectation going into it. Like, is are they going to follow the plots of the book? Or are they going to kind of use their creative license to stray away from that a little bit? But they really did stay true to the characters, even though they kind of used the actors to expand on the story. They really stayed true to the characters and how they became best friends and things like that. So, I think that it did satisfy my expectations and it's a really overall family-friendly film and it's just something to watch when you're looking for some fun. So I think I would say that it's just a fun movie. Yeah, it's great when um, like a TV show or film that's based off a book series stays true to the characters, but at the same time kind of takes its creative spin so that there's something new introduced. Exactly. So can you give us an overview of the plot of Ivy and Bean? So Ivy and Bean is about two young girls um, named Ivy and Bean. They have completely different personalities. And Ivy is kind of quiet, shy, reserved, while Bean is loud, outgoing, and a risk taker. And at first, when they became neighbors, all they could see was each other's flaws. But once they realized that they had a similar imagination, uh, they became best friends and found themselves on a lot of crazy adventures. That sounds like an amazing film. Yeah, it was pretty fun to watch. So how was the acting in Ivy and Bean? The acting, well, um, the main cast was children, obviously, because Ivy and Bean are two young girls. And I think for their age, they did uh, an amazing job carrying the film, especially Ivy and Bean. And Ivy's played by Kesley Blaylock and Bean's played by Madison Skye. And um, they just did a great job portraying their characters and portraying the differences between the characters in all three movies, actually. This is a series um, of movies. They did a great job with all three of these movies, um, kind of becoming somebody different in each one, but also still using that same, um, those same personality traits to drive their characters. Yeah, learning about your character and being able to connect with them is definitely important for actors. Yeah, definitely. So what are your favorite aspects of this film? I think my favorite aspect is that um, it doesn't have one or two, but it has three movies. So you kind of get to see three different um, adventures that Ivy and Bean find themselves on. And I think my personal favorite is The Ghost That Had to Go. And it kind of really, um, all the kids had to rally together to stop a ghost that they thought was in the school. And I think that it was a great twist to add all those extra characters. So I think my favorite aspect would be how they incorporated each character to bring something new to the movies. Yeah, that definitely does sound nice. So what characters are most related? Ugh. What characters are most <laughs> relatable to you and why? Um, I think that um Nancy well she's the older sister and she um I mean I don't think I am quite to the extent she is but we can all relate to wanting something she really wants her ears pursed we can really all relate to kind of wanting something and 
you know, that younger sister, older sister bond is always kind of, you know, you're always fighting with your sibling, but deep down you do love them. And I also think I can kind of relate to Ivy in a way. She's pretty shy, but she also has um, a big imagination and she just needs someone like Bean to help that come out of her. Yeah, being able to relate to the characters definitely helps you kind of stay into the film or TV show. Right, I definitely agree with that. So what is the main message or theme of this film? Um, There's a lot of different messages, but I think the main one would be that having a big imagination and being willing to try new things can lead you to a lot of different opportunities. You know, Ivy and Bean, like I said, they um, didn't really see eye to eye, but they had to learn how to work with each other and how to make each other's differences help them grow closer together and I think that that led them to creating this tight bond that I don't think can really be broken which is something everybody needs yeah those are definitely important messages so you interviewed Madison Sky uh the actor who plays Bean is that correct yes so how was that interview um it was a great interview she did a great job and you can really tell that she's just like her character, Bean. Um, she's lively, and she also has um, a bunch of um, optimism in her. And she did a great job answering the questions and telling me what playing Bean is all about. Yeah, that sounds like a fantastic interview. Yes. So what age recommendation and star rating do you give Ivy and Bean? I would recommend Ivy and Bean for ages six to 18. It's pretty family friendly. I mean, some older kids may um, may not be able to relate to it as much since it's kind of younger kids centered. But like I said, it's a fun movie. And if you're watching it with younger kids, I think you'll enjoy it. And I give it 4.5 out of five stars. So where and when can we watch Ivy and Bean? Ivy and Bean, all three movies are out now on Netflix. So make sure you guys check it out. I definitely will. Thank you. Thank you so much. Let's take a break. I'm Kyla from Boston, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. 
you are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Kyla, from Boston, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Pinocchio, The Woman King, Gutsy, Ivy and Bean, and Cars on the Road. Next up, we'll be listening to Micah's interview with Madison Skye, who plays Bean in Ivy and Bean. Hi, I'm Micah reporting for Kids First, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Madison Skye, who plays Bean on Netflix's Ivy and Bean, which comes out on September 2nd, 2022. So let's just jump right in. Ivy and Bean obviously have huge personalities. Do you think that you are more like your character, Bean, or do you find yourself to be more like Ivy? I think it's like a mix between both because I like to wear dresses like Ivy, but I also like to be wild and adventurous like Bean. So just like a mix of both. That's great. I think it's great to have balancing personalities like that. Yeah. You, know? you and Lydia Jewett, who plays your older sister, Nancy, have a typical sibling relationship, always bickering, but you still love each other at the end of the day. Where did you draw inspiration for this relationship from? Well, me and my brother, we, we have, like, little arguments sometimes. But at the end of the day, like, again, I still love him. So, yeah, that's just it. But, like, behind the camera, I had a good relationship with Lydia. So it's just all, like, acting, you know? Yep, that's great. And I think that probably having a relationship with Lydia probably made it easier, actually. Yeah. <laughs> How do you think audiences will relate to your character being? I think Bean, she's she's not like perfect. She's just out there. She's wild. So I think she's very accurate and people like a lot of people will relate to her. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think, like you said, she has a wild side, but she also has a good heart, you know, and yeah. I think you can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite memory? It can be on or off camera. What would you say is your thing that you take away from filming this movie? The squid dance is one of my favorite memories because, like, everyone was there, all the kids were there, and after, like, the scene, you know, when the glitter comes down, we would, like, pick up the glitter and bring them back and throw them in the air. So that was probably one of the most, like, best memories of Ivy and Bean. Like, the whole set was fun, so I really loved that. That sounds like so much fun and looks like you guys were having a lot of fun. (laughs) Ivy and Bean have three amazing movies, not one, not two, but three. So Mm. which one was the hardest to film, do you think? Hmm. I think the ghost that had to go had more stunts, which was pretty complicated. But most importantly, I don't think a lot of them were hard for me. I think it was just like a bunch of fun for me. It was just like acting is not like a job for me it's just like a hobby it's like what I do so it's pretty fun so I wouldn't say they were pretty hard for me so yeah that's great and you know I think that having fun really makes it like you said it shouldn't feel like a job if it does I think you should probably make it feel more fun so your best self can show on the screen yeah, because cause when you have a good time there, when you have fun with everyone, when you have a good relationship with everyone, that like shows on the screen and that shows your energy on the screen of everyone there. So I think that's the most important thing, just to like have fun, get along with everyone. Yeah. Of course, that makes for a great film. Mm-hmm. 
If you can take one thing from Bean's house, what would it be? She has so many cool things. Hmm. I would take her bed. Her bed is pretty cool. I like it. I've always wanted a bunk bed, but at the same time, I don't. It's like, eh, eh. But her bed is pretty cool. So I really like her, like her whole room. It's pretty awesome. Like everything is cool in there. But I would take her bed, and you know that elephant thingy mm-hmm. room? Yeah, I would take that. I would take that too. <laughs> that would definitely be a cool addition to add to your room. And yeah. Pretty cool too. Yeah. Did you have any previous knowledge about the Ivy and Bean book series before you were in the movie? No, I actually never knew it existed. But when I got the audition, like my family, they were like, hold on, I read that book. I read that book. I'm like, what? I never knew about this book. So, but I read like, I would say three books. Three books. Um, Like, when I was filming the movie, they gave us some books, so I read some of them. So when you read the books, like, in the rehearsals, when I read the books, I could just pursue that character because I wanted to see how she acted in the books, how everything was like in the books. So then I know how to, like, work on screen. I know know how to act on screen. Yeah, it's good to have some background knowledge, especially for this kind of character who she has a specific personality to her. You did a great job with that. Thank you. Of course, what are you most looking forward to about the release of Ivy and Bean? What are you looking forward to? Everybody's going to see it. It's crazy. I'm looking forward for everybody to enjoy it. I'm looking forward to have a bunch of people supporting me. I'm looking forward for like it to be like a movie that everybody would love and to enjoy. So I want it to like go really well. I think it will go very well amongst a lot of people. It's very entertaining and fun. Yeah. Finally, what message do you want audiences to take away from Ivy and Bean? To not, like, the message that I want them to take away from Ivy and Bean is to not judge a book by its cover because at the start of the movie, Bean was like, oh, all Ivy does is read books and wear headbands at recess. But when she got to know her and she saw that she had an imagination and she wanted to be a witch, then they actually got along. So, like, to never judge a book by its cover. That is a great message. And... You guys turned out to be best friends, and I think audiences will find that within this movie. Yeah, we actually talk to each other, like, a little bit, like, now, today. We're still friends now, and I think that's important, too. Like, like what I said, that when you're friends, because I play her best friend, mm-hmm. so you have to be friends with her so it could show on the screen that you enjoy being around her. Exactly. It's great that you guys are still friends and get along so well. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking with me, Madison. Of course. Thank you so much. You can catch all three Ivy and Bean movies on Netflix September 2nd, 2022. Mm-hmm. So go check that out. <laughs> I'm Mike reporting for Kids First. And make sure you like and subscribe to our channel so you don't miss my next interview. See you next time. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Pinocchio, The Woman King, Gutsy, Ivy and Bean, and Cars on the Road. And right now, we'll be switching over to Micah as she speaks with me about the TV show, Cars on the Road. Hi, Micah. Hi, Kyla. How are you doing? Great. How are you? I'm doing great. And I can't wait to talk to you about this animated series. Yeah, me too. So starting off, 
The episodes in the series are pretty short, which is perfect for a younger audience. Do you think that left the storylines underdeveloped or was it just enough time to convey the intended message? Yeah, so um, the episodes were definitely short. They were, I think, between eight to 10 minutes each. But with the kind of like one plot line for it to be easier for young children and kids to comprehend and easily understand, it definitely got the whole plot conveyed in that amount of time um, because it was just kind of like a small, short story that could be shown and completely developed in that time, um, which I did think was impressive because I feel like if with such a short amount of time, you would think that the plot would kind of be have to be cut a lot, but it really didn't seem unnatural at all. That's great. And I think that some people will appreciate that because sometimes you kind of get lost if it's too long. Yeah, definitely. Especially younger kids who might get kind of restless if something that isn't interesting is going on. This is just like action, action, action. And sometimes there are, you know, little dialogue scenes depending on the episode. But I don't think anyone will ever get bored. That's great. Yeah, definitely. What did you think of the animation quality of the series? The animation was absolutely amazing. It was colorful. It was 3D. It looked so real. There was this one scene in particular where I was just like, wow, that's amazing. It was like, I don't remember what episode it was in, but there was like a building and there was a bunch of stuff in front of the building. There were like trees and like smaller buildings maybe. And then like lightning and Mater were kind of featured in the front. And it was just amazing how 3D it looked. It looked like the cars were like literally popping off the screen. So the animation quality was just simply amazing. That's great to hear. And I think that um, having the animation um, be so high quality makes it more appealing to audiences. Yeah, definitely. I am speaking from my personal opinion. I'm definitely drawn to TV shows and movies that have catchy background music. So was there a musical component to this series? There was. Um, so there is a intro song, like the theme song for the TV show at the beginning of each episode. I'd say it's like 10 to 15 seconds. It's the perfect theme song to kind of just sum up what the show is all about. It kind of says that um, Lightning and Mater are going on a road trip and it kind of just has that upbeat, fun, catchy tune that all kids will really love. And honestly, I think anyone would love. Um, in addition to that theme song, in some of the episodes, not all of them, there's a featured original song that's like the main chunk of the middle of the episode. And it just has to do with the plot of that episode. There was one episode where Mater kind of meets trucks and they do this animated dance with all the trucks. And it looks super cool because it goes to this nice, catchy song that I had stuck in my head for days. But the whole sequence is just amazing. Amazing. And I think that the an animation and the music definitely all live up to expectations to the original Cars films. It's definitely um, a good thing to have a song stuck in your head. That means that it's good. Yeah, always. Um, you just spoke about how this uh, matches up to the original um, Cars movies. So do you think that audiences will be able to follow along with the series, even if they didn't see the original movies? Definitely. Um, with the like new plots, 
it would honestly like no matter what even if um people had only seen the first cars movie or all of them or none of them it wouldn't really matter because this has its own plot however there are some funny references that some cars fans might understand um but that's definitely not isn't it it's not necessary to watch the original films and if little kids just want to watch the show they'll definitely understand everything and they'll be able to kind of go along with it and still have fun that's great and it's always great to have fun when watching definitely finally what are your age recommendation and rating for this series I would recommend it for ages two to eight. And I think adults could definitely watch it with their kids as like a family movie and older siblings. But I think ages two to eight would definitely enjoy it the most. And I would give it five out of five stars. Oh, five out of five stars. That's really great. And where can you watch this movie? I mean, this series? (laughs) Yeah, it's really amazing. And you should watch it now because it is on Disney Plus right now. So go check it out. I definitely will be doing that. Thank you so much for talking with me today, Kyla. Of course. Thank you. Let's take a break. I'm Micah from New Jersey, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attraction. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Kyla, from Boston, and you are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Pinocchio, The Woman King, Gutsy, Ivy and Bean, and Cars on the Road. Next up, we'll be listening to my interview with Larry the Cable Guy on Cars on the Road. Hi, I'm Kyla, reporting for Kids First, and today I have the honor to speak with Larry the Cable Guy about voicing Mater in Cars on the Road, which releases September 8, 2022, exclusively on Disney+. You may know Larry the Cable Guy from his work on Cars and its sequels as the voice of Mater, A Media Christmas as Buddy, and Delta Farce as Larry. Welcome to Kids First. Hello, welcome to Kids First. <laughs> Hi, Kyla. Hi. <laughs> we are, you are my best friend, Kyla. 
<laughs> so how do you think you're similar and different to your character Mater? I think that my, my wife says, and I agree, my wife says I am pretty much 90% just like the character Mater. <laughs> so 90% Mater? Not 90%, yeah. I think uh, I do a lot of the same stuff Mater does. I kind of act like Mater does. So yeah, I'm pretty close to Mater. I gotta be pretty close to Mater to know how Mater would react in all these situations. So yeah, I was gonna ask if like that helps you to kind of portray Mater realistically in the show. Ab absolutely does. Certain situations, I just say, huh? Well, how would I act? What would I do? And then <laughs> just put just put the accent on and go to town. <laughs> Yeah, that must be really helpful. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's fun. I love it. <laughs> so which of Lightning McQueen's and Mater stops on the road trip can you relate to the most or you would most want to actually experience in real life? Oh, my gosh. Some of them I wouldn't want to experience at all in real life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, holy mackerel, the big I actually experienced the Bigfoot one kind of in real life because oh, I wow. did a show. Uh, my only in America TV show I had, we went Bigfoot hunting. And so uh, I did experience the Bigfoot hunting, but we never came across a Bigfoot. But um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to experience a lot of those in real life. They're kind of spooky. <laughs> yeah, some of them are definitely a little. <laughs> <laughs> right. Personally, I liked the um, circus episode. Yeah, you know what? There's Here's the thing. There's so many good ones. Yeah. The haunted house and the dinosaurs and the trucks and the big, I mean, so many good ones. I can't, that'd be like trying to, that'd be putting me in a room full of 15 different delicious cookies and making me decide on only one. I can't do it. You know, they're all good. <laughs> I, I don't want to pick just one. Yeah. All the episodes were like equally amazing. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> So what was your favorite episode to record kind of similarly to the stops? <laughs> oh my gosh. They were all fun. It's like just before there, they were all fun. There was something in each one that was just a memory. Um, I think that um, we got to laughing really hard. And I, I, after doing all of these cars things for all these years, I can't, I laughed at all. There was times when we would get to laugh at a lot of stuff, but this last series that we just did that they're going to watch, I can't remember laughing that much. I mean, there was a lot of really funny, clever stuff. And then we got to add some stuff. We threw in some ad libs and it was really, really fun. So I can't, uh, what I don't want to, I, I can't really like the uh, same thing. There's not really, there's, there's a ton of favorite ones. Yeah, everything sounds like it was a blast to record. Oh, absolutely. So you were saying that you were 90% Mater, um, but if you could take one of Mater's per other personality traits and have it for yourself, which would you choose? I would I would pick the one where Mater's, because Mater is pretty forgiving of people. You know, I think I could probably use a little more of that, you know. I think, <laughs> a, lot, I think a lot of people good do that. You know, Mater... Mater's quick to forgive people. So that's always a good trait to have. I've been doing a lot better at it, but Mater taught me a lot of that, you know? Yeah. I feel like I'm in my own a therapy session here right now. <laughs>
Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. Absolutely. Do you have fun doing this? It's fun, right? Yeah, it's very fun. Absolutely. <laughs> Who else have you talked to from Cars? Uh, you're the first one so far, but I'm excited to go talk to some more people. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Well, you just got the best one. I mean, yeah. I mean, everything else is a drop off from here out. Yeah. <laughs> All, All right. right. See you later. Thank you. Thank you so much, Larry the Cable Guy, for talking with me today. Cars on the Road releases September 8th, 2022, exclusively on Disney+. Plus. I'm Kyla reporting for Kids First. You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Pinocchio. The Woman King, Gutsy, Ivy and Bean, and Cars on the Road. Right now, we're listening to my interview with Steve Purcell, Brian Fee, Bobby Podesta, and Mark Sondheimer, the directors and producers of Cars on the Road. Hi, I'm Kyla, reporting for Kids First. And today, I have the honor to speak with Bobby Podesta, Mark Sondheimer, Steve Purcell, and Brian Fee about Cars on the Road. Welcome to Kids First. Hi, I'm Kyle C. reporting for Kids First. Welcome to Kids First. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So, to start things off, Mr. Podesta, you've worked on some major films as an animator, including The Good Dinosaur and Onward. Is this experience helpful when directing, and if so, how is it helpful? Oh, you know, thank you. It's, you know, it's really, really helpful to, to work on these, these films, like, like Good Dinosaur, like Onward, like Toy Story films, because um, you know, we're all trying to make things that really resonate with you, that, that you're entertained by. And when we got to do something for Disney Plus that was streaming, we wanted to make sure uh, from, from every frame of animation, through the music to anything, we wanted to make sure you were just as entertained by that. So hopefully when you watch this or if you watch this, you were just as entertained. It definitely was. It was very fun to watch. So, Mr. Sondheimer, what were your hopes going into Cars on the Road, and how did they compare to your feelings on the final product? You know, my hope was that we would make something that the world would enjoy and that we would be proud of, just make something great. And, um, you know, to be honest, like, it turned out even better than I could have hoped or dreamed. And the last I'll say is just being able to work with these guys and then our incredible crew. Uh, and just brought a lot of joy to my life and and hopefully it shows up on screen it definitely does and since the cars films are so much like adored it was definitely there were high expectations for a spin-off series and i think it definitely like exceeded expectations i absolutely loved it thank you awesome yay Kyle. <laughs> so mr fee how did having the experience of directing cars three help when directing cars on the road Oh, we, we moved at a really fast pace to work on this series. So for me, I think having that back experience uh, behind me kind of helped me hit the ground running. Of course, the series is kind of its own thing and it has its own pace. And I had, I had a whole new set of things to learn. So that while it helped, you know, we had to keep on our toes and, and continue to do the best job we can. Yeah, definitely. And it turned out amazing. So, Mr. Purcell, several characters from the original Cars franchise made appearances in Cars on the Road, especially in the first and final episodes. Mm -hmm. Did you include any other major Cars references? If so, are there any you could hint at without spoilers? Oh, uh, let's see. Any other major... Could you repeat that second part of the question? 
Um, did you include any major cars references? Oh, the uh, Pizza Planet truck? Yeah. Yeah, we hear that's in. I don't even know where it's in. It's in almost every episode. I, put it I know where it's in. <laughs> yeah? Can you, you, can <laughs> you point it? It's, it's a shot that's both at nighttime and has a lot of neon glowing and maybe some singing. That's right. Oh, it's in it's in a lot more than it that. It is more than that, but but that's a great one to see it. Yep. Okay, I'll I'll look for it when I rewatch it. <laughs> shapes and sizes yes. throughout. Yes. <laughs> cool. So Mr. Podesta, similarly to the original Cars films, Cars on the Road seems to be geared towards younger audiences. Do you think older audiences will also enjoy the show? And if so, why? You know, I really hope they do. Uh, you know, one thing that we try to do when we when we make these films is we want our younger audiences to enjoy them, of course. Uh, but we also know there's a lot of jokes in there and a lot of entertainment that maybe our younger audience doesn't get, but the older audience, the, the parents who are watching with you, the relatives, the adult friends, they're going to laugh and you might turn and go, I don't know why you're laughing at this, but they get it. So there's a lot of <laughs> different levels of jokes happening at the same time. Yeah, that balance is really important and it definitely turns out good because I think when you watch these um, with your family and stuff, everyone gets a good kick out of different things. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Mr. Purcell, Mr. Fee, Mr. Podesta, and Mr. Sondheimer for speaking with me today. Cars on the Road releases September 8th, 2022, exclusively on Disney+. Plus. I'm Kyla reporting for Kids First. Please like this video and subscribe to our channel so you never miss a review or interview. Thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on press for kids kidsworldcom and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. I'm Kyla from Boston, Massachusetts, reporting for Kids First. Bye! Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week.